Hello and welcome to the Getting to the Heart podcast, where we get to the heart of life, relationships, and divorce. I'm your host, Michelle Heffron, and as a certified life, relationship, and divorce coach, I educate and empower women to discover who they are and what they're meant for, especially when faced with major life transitions like a divorce. What I've noticed in my clients going through a divorce or some other form of disruptive life event, emotions are often overlooked in terms of the impact they can make on our well-being, our physical and mental health, and so much more. As women, we are so conditioned to believe we can handle it all while balancing a career, kids, parents, or whatever else is happening in your life. I don't know a single woman who hasn't felt pressured to do it all. Today, I'd like to welcome back my friend and business colleague, Julie Prince. In fact, Julie and I had such a great time recording our last podcast together where we talked about some of the critical financial aspects of divorce. We decided to create a little series around the topic of divorce and how our individual experiences impacted our lives and share our knowledge in hopes that others can avoid the mistakes we made along the way. Our hope is that our stories along with the practical information about divorce, will be useful and hopefully a little entertaining, whether you're facing divorce now or you see it in your future. If you don't know, I'll catch you up on our history a little. Julie and I became friends after she started dating and eventually married my first (laughs) ex-husband. I was also remarried at the time, and together we co-parented my daughter, my young daughter, starting when she was about six or seven years old. Or when we started dating. Oh, yeah, that's right. For many years. And during all that time, we also each had another baby, or I had another, and she had her, her actual first. And we went through our own divorces, her first and my second. And there we are, we found ourselves in a place where we leaned on one another for a lot of support. And boy, have we collected some rather funny stories and massive lessons learned along the way. So today we're going to evolve our previous conversation. And this time, Julie is going to take over as the host. So Julie, here you go. (laughs) Take on over. Thank you, Michelle. Good day, everybody. I'm Julie Prince, and I'm the founder and CEO of Prince Financial Services. And we specialize in helping people with their financial planning, investments, insurance, estate planning. But most importantly, today, we're here to talk about what we specialize in. And in addition to some other expertise, we specialize in working with people going through life transitions, and specifically divorce. So We're going to cut right to the chase, Michelle. What are some key elements people really need to consider when they're facing divorce? If they're deciding whether or not to do it, or what do you think key elements are that they should consider? Oh, gosh, Julie, as you well know, there are so many factors to consider. And for me, the number one thing is safety. And I didn't used to always put that at the top of my list, but experiences told me that it's very important for many, many people. Not everybody's going to face this, but the question I always ask, do you feel safe in your current situation? And from my experience, as I mentioned in countless examples, safety is really paramount for many, many people. For this episode, I'm not going to go deep on this, but I do encourage anyone who's experiencing emotional, verbal, financial, which sometimes gets overlooked, Mm -hmm. or physical abuse in any way, and you're considering your options for getting out of your relationship, 
I always recommend taking some extra precautions. And if you'd like, please DM me or email me. I have a list of safety things to consider, and I'm happy to send that to you. And this includes things like online protection and cyber stalking and location tracking and and really so much more. And it's changed a lot because of technology. Oh, Uh, very much so. Yes, absolutely. When I went through this 11, 12 years ago, that, that wasn't even a thing. But I do know quite often in circumstances like this, people do hire private detectives on both sides. So if you're the one being stalked, you can hire a private detective to do the research and come up with the facts. Or if you suspect your partner or your husband or your wife is up to something, you can hire a private detective. And there there are some good things that come out of that, actually. Yeah, very. So, Michelle, I remember you had a safety plan in place with your second husband. What prompted you to do this? (laughs) Honestly, Julie, I didn't even know it was called a safety plan at the time. It started with one of my girlfriends who recognized that my situation could potentially be dangerous. Mm -hmm. So she changed, she actually took my phone out of my hand and changed her name in the phone to a very generic name Mm. that my husband at the time couldn't have identified as somebody Mm -hmm. he knew in my friend group Mm -hmm. or where I might be. I took her address out of the phone as well. I knew at the time he was monitoring my phone. I knew he was tracking my location. And he knew about pretty much every move I made. And if I was someplace where he didn't think I should be, I would get a phone call from him. So at that time, I changed all my passwords. In fact, one time I got locked out of my computer because I couldn't remember the new one. (laughs) So bad. (laughs) I started stashing cash. Somebody had told me it's, and I knew because I was being in a financial abusive situation as well, that I knew I needed to have some cash on hand. So when I went to the grocery store, for instance, or something, I was always taking a little extra out and starting Mm -hmm. to stash some money away. I was also purchasing some different household supplies when I was out and about, and I was storing those at my neighbors in her garage. And really, a couple of my neighbors played key roles in my safety at the time. And while nothing really horrible ended up happening, I just knew the potential was there. Yes. And I also know from now a lot of training and a lot of the work I've done, especially in unhealthy relationships and understanding what red flags are, is that that first six weeks after any breakup is really when you're in the most potential danger if you're in a a relationship like that. And the most vulnerable. And the most vulnerable, because you don't always, you don't expect some people to behave that way. Right. And they're reacting and you're reacting and the emotions are flying. You know, I really always stress that there are emotions on both sides of this. It's not just yours. You know, your your soon-to-be ex is going to have his or her own emotions through this process. Mm -hmm. And we need to allow them to do that. We can set our boundaries, though. And we'll talk about boundaries in a little while here. Right. So I think from what you've just said, an important takeaway is... Trust your intuition, trust your gut. Mm -hmm. If you're questioning whether or not you're overreacting or you're making things up or you're crazy, you're not. And it's fine to confide in close friends that you can trust as your allies because they have a clearer perspective than you being on the inside. And people do observe far more than we realize they do. 
And that's where the conversation comes much later, where Michelle, I know you've told me this. I don't know how you stayed with him as long as you did. Why did you ever end up with it? You know, all these questions you're getting, it's like, well, it's too late now. Why didn't you tell me that back then? But it's confirming you're not crazy. You're not making things up. You know, you just, it's really hard to face. So beyond safety, Michelle, what is next? What should you consider in these steps doing next? All right. Well, there is a lot of schools of thought around this, but I'm going to speak mostly around that emotional piece of it right now. And I would say the very first thing that I wished I had done is to get some help. I highly recommend not going through this alone. The next thing is really deciding from the very beginning. It has to do a lot with how do you want this to be at the end, but decide how you want to show up. And Mm -hmm. we're going to get into that a little bit because I think that's a very important piece of all of this. Mm-hmm. And then we also, I really think that establishing some self-care practices is very important for a number of reasons. And there's a number of ways we can talk about what self-care really looks like. But also I wanted to get back to, you know, being able to, when you're thinking about working or talking to trusted friends, yeah. I know that some people will mean well, and they'll try to talk you out of it because maybe you have a nice lifestyle and why would you ever want to give that up? or I mean, are you sure this is the right thing for the kids? And so there's a lot of people who will go that other direction too. So I want you to be really, really cognizant of the fact that when people are giving you their support, sometimes they might also be giving you their opinions of what they think you should do. So just be aware of that. Through their life. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we know every situation is different and I think your your research, when you're trying to pick your team, for instance, if you're trying to pick an attorney, maybe you're online using one of the online services, maybe you're getting a referral from a friend, just remember your specific situation is different from everybody else's. And a referral from a friend who had a good experience with an advisor may or may not be a good fit for you. So it's really important to do your research and consult several attorneys advisors, et cetera. So you need an expert. Michelle, how do you feel about being in reality or denial with that whole situation? Well, there's a lot about that, but I want to get back to that, getting, asking for help and what you just talked about. I mean, you know, getting somebody from the very get-go, like a coach as early in the process as possible can actually help you select that correct attorney or who you need to work with. They might be able to help you assemble the right team that you might need because there's a lot of people you may or may not need on your team. And they can also help you understand what type of divorce you want to go through. Mm -hmm. Because as you know, Julie, you know, there's a lot of legal complexities. There's a lot of major decisions to be made. And there's considerations for what your post-divorce is going to look like. And trying to make some of those decisions by yourself doesn't always work as well. You know, the other thing I always suggest is make no assumptions about what your outcomes are going to be. And and this is a lot of times what Julie was saying is, you know, because your friend or your sister or somebody went through this, that yours is going to go similar to theirs because every situation is individual. And while there's similarities in many divorces, there's not one of them that is going to be identical to somebody else's. And, you know, the other big thing, and I learned this the hard way, is trying to go it alone. I mean, I had an attorney and I had a therapist, but clearly they can only take me so far. 
And I had well-meaning friends and family, but again, they weren't necessarily the right people to help me and it hurt me severely in the end. And so I always recommend to people at least consider getting a consultation or something before you move forward with making any of those big decisions. And I think, Julie, you just said it, getting real, real about right. how the process works, right? Right. It's so hard to determine, is this reality or am I just in denial? So yeah. And one of the best things I loved, I had a coach one time, this was years ago, it was after my divorce. And I was still working through some, you know, pretty critical healing kinds of things. And she made me write this word down. She wrote down the word denial. And she said, now the real meaning of denial is don't even know I'm lying. (laughs) And that has, and then I I actually found that note in in my files not too long ago. And it just was like this, like total reminder, because how many times are we even in our day-to-day life saying, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to pay attention to that because I think I know better. So (laughs) that choice, don't we? (laughs) And that's how I, I handled my divorce and it didn't go very well. Remember I do remember many things about it and you just want it out. You just want it out of there. And that wasn't necessarily in your best interest in the end, because had you had a team to walk alongside you, take a step back, think about what you really wanted in the end, it probably would have made it more bearable to take more time to really end up with what you deserved in the end and doing it quickly and just wanting to get out. You didn't end up with what you should have. No. And you know what? It didn't happen quickly. That was the other kicker. It drug on forever. That also was a mistake on so many levels, Yeah, but I didn't get half of what I deserved or really needed to go on with my life or should have received. And it took forever and it cost a lot more money. I, I just... It's not really comic or wasn't comical then. It was really disturbing and distressing back then. But I look at it now and go, oh my goodness, how, I guess I needed to go through that process, but I also don't think everybody does. (laughs) And you wouldn't have ended up here had you not. Exactly. (laughs) So you did mention something though about becoming who you wanted to be in your post-divorce life. So can you tell us a little bit more about what that means? Yeah. Oh, and this is such a big one, I think. As a coach, what I've learned and the way I was trained is really coaching the entire person. And I take a very holistic approach rather than coaching a situation. So yes, I can help people get through divorces, but I also apply all of these learnings to their entire life because how we do one thing is how we do many, almost everything really. I know that people would argue that, but if they really took a hard look at how they operate in life, it's kind of how they operate. So I I often start out with, you know, who do you want to be through this process and who do you want to become through this process? And I've seen everything. I mean, I literally have seen everything, but do you want to show up as as a raving bitch who can't control her temper, which in turn delays the process, costs more money and potentially severs a lot of relationships, including with friends and family and so much more. It could hurt your kids if you have them. Or perhaps you felt invisible in your marriage and your MO is to shrink and let yourself be bowled over. And I see that quite a bit. I do not recommend this. It rarely turns out well. Well, I don't think it ever turns out well, really. I think people need to learn how to stand in their power. If they don't know how to get from where they are to standing in their power, 
that's what you help them do. Exactly. And I have to say, I mean, it's one of the most gratifying things about the work I do mm-hmm. it, because it's the same person, but an evolved version of them. And yeah. that's what is so beautiful in the process of coming through any big life transition or knowing that you want to make a big change in your life. It's just that opening up to the possibility that it could happen for you. So, you know, I really encourage people to step into their power by showing up and in their divorce and particularly as confident, calm, well-informed, and really being able to take this new wisdom to every part of their lives. Me during mine, Julie, you know, I sort of was like a pendulum. I I would sometimes show up like a mouse mm. and I, I couldn't find the strength or the words I needed to express my feelings or my needs. And then sometimes I would go to the other side and I would be, well, no, no, you know, I would be trying to be strong and thinking that I knew what was going on. But I really, at the end of the day, I my head was just in a big cloud all the time. And I just didn't know which end was up and what I was doing. Yeah. And really, honestly, and you know this today, Still, and this is a law of years afterwards, some of the decisions that I made affect my life now and not always in a good way. And so I'm grateful. I'm not going to, I am really grateful that I came through all that because I also know how courageous, Mm -hmm. but also how much I really can do and have done. So that's kind of a cool thing too. A long way. Yeah. So do you have some examples of people you've coached in that way, just to help them show up the way they want to and give us a few examples, maybe about how you've talked to clients about being a victim versus being empowered. And what does that process look like? Well, it's so different from everybody, but I have this one woman who in particular always stands out and she had over the year, and she was in a very long-term marriage Mm -hmm. and she had over the years, uh, like so many of us do, been chipped away at for such a long time. And she just had become kind of a shell of herself. And she was always used to sort of shrinking and blending in, you know, to the background. And so when they ended up, when she and her husband ended up going through a divorce, that's how she started showing up. Mm -hmm. Don't know what, I think one of her friends recommended that we talk. And so we started working together and we started working through some of those, those issues And I helped her see what her power was. I helped her see where, because she wasn't like that. You know, if you, if you go back to your days in your twenties, when you were awesome and empowered and you were going to go out and conquer the world, and then all of a sudden you fast forward to today and you might not be in that same place. Well, that's, you know, kind of where she remembered seeing herself and she remembered feeling that way. So we worked through a lot of that. And she was on the verge of giving almost everything away in order to get out of this situation. Mm -hmm. And when she finally kind of stepped into that power, it was such a beautiful thing because she showed up at a meeting one day and her attorney didn't know really who she was. I mean, she'd be coming all this, but it so blew her husband away that she was standing in her power and actually declaring what she deserved and what she wanted to get out of this thing that it kind of stopped him in his tracks. <laughs> and she ended up getting everything she wanted and and coming out of it with this newfound courage to go out and do some other great things with her life. And, 
you know, that's a great example, but you know, everybody doesn't have these results. It really depends on what you put into it. It, it, it really depends on what you put into it. Yeah. Well, that cloud that we can end up in and, and not everybody has this, but I just remember when things really started unraveling, I would call it the landmines that I was stepping on. Uh-huh. And I had stepped on several within a year, six to eight months, actually. And I wasn't discounting them anymore. For some reason, I don't know, <laughs> probably it was God saying, Julie, wake up. Yeah. I started listening to my intuition and my gut. And I, I started realizing something's just terribly wrong here, but, but I didn't get that far on my own. And I remember going to my banker, who was a friend of mine and a client, and it was time to renew my line of credit with the bank for my business. And we were in some pretty bad financial straits. And, and, and that's financial advisor for me to say as a financial advisor. And it really was horrifying for me at that time. And it was like a whack-a-mole. I'd earn more money to get us out of this debt. And he'd go spend more over on the other side. And then I'd have to get that one paid off. And then I'd turn around and there'd be more. So it was terrible. Anyway, when I met with the banker, she said, Julie, there's something terribly wrong here. And I need to ask you a question. And it's not about the banking. We'll get to that. And I said, okay. And I kind of sat back and I thought, what in the world is she going to ask me? And then she said, how's your marriage? Oh my word. And that was the defining moment that in the word today, we all use pivoted me in a hundred percent different direction. And I remember thinking, I just sit in traffic and I think, is this really all it's supposed to be? But we have a daughter and I I'm committed for life. I committed for life. Yeah. And what I didn't realize was all the stuff going on underneath the top of the ocean, right? And everything going on below the water. So what ultimately happened was she said, I need you to go home and find this many dollars that I can't account for with all your financials. And I said, okay. So I went home. I told him we have to do this. And he said, she's crazy. She doesn't know what she's talking about. And I looked at him and I said, you have no idea what you're talking about. I used to do this job and I was a commercial banker before I came into this business. I knew exactly what she was seeing. Wow. When I stood up to him at that moment and said, no, you don't know what she's talking about. I do. So we're going to do this project because he was my bookkeeper for my business. Oh, no, I didn't even know that. Oh, my word. Do that. If you ever see that happen, don't do that unless you really trust your husband. So <laughs> bottom line was he had to fess up with what had been going on. And that was the night that everything changed. And the next morning I went back to the bank removed him from all my accounts, closed all the credit cards, and he had to take responsibility and figure some things out. So, well, and I remember you were kind of feeling like you were a crazy, you know, like I was crazy making things up. He would tell me that. Yes. So I had this double life. I had my successful business and my career and getting all these accolades and awards because I was achieving all this stuff when really I was just trying to earn as and enough money to pay off the debts that he would get us into. But I think what's really important here is to realize you just need to believe your intuition and trust those others that will tell you the truth. And I had another good friend who also in that within that week had said, you are not who you used to be. You've lost yourself. Isn't we that- are seeing a different version of you than what I met 20 years ago. It was heartbreaking to me and it, it makes me cry right now. Yeah. At the same time, I knew she was right. I cry too. <laughs> I knew she was right. 
Yeah. And I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to get out of it. Yeah. That's where I had to put my team together. That was that was right before I decided to leave. I, I remember all that. I remember oh, the day God. you called me and I was so pacing on the deck going, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Because I knew mine was coming yours just right after yours. Anyway. And I didn't know yours was coming. <laughs> I didn't tell. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. That's so Anyway, so gosh, sometimes when people realize they want to shift and they identify with themselves who they are now, like what I was when I was in the banker's office, and then they want to move forward, what do they have to do? Like when, when a relationship improves, what happens? Like, tell us about that process. Such a difference because it's like just what you said, you show up completely different and then you remind yourself of who you really are. And that's when I see people actually being able to institute some real loving boundaries. And I really do accentuate the love piece of it because in all situations, we're talking about a lot of people here. We're talking about you mm -hmm. and we're talking about your partner who also, it's not that we want to bury them. We want to let them have their own hurts and sensitivities to what they're going through too, without taking that on for ourselves. And when we can let go of making sure we're taking care of their feelings, then it really gives us that opportunity. And that's part of boundary setting. And that's part of actually self-care is being able to know when to set those boundaries. But that shift, it shifts the persona altogether. It shifts the way you show up, it shifts the way you carry yourself, it shifts the way you're able to sleep at night, it shifts the way you're able to communicate with people. So, you know, that there's so much to that. I mean, we could actually do an entire thing on that. on that one. But then it also... When you start to learn how to authentically and lovingly step into your power, it also helps improve the lives of people around you too. Yes. You're giving off positive energy. You're happy, right? All of that, and that has an energy that is a ripple. And it is also, I, I do love to call it a double blessing because it's giving them Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't make that word up. I got that from the one of the woman I, I coach with, but it gives them the opportunity to learn who they are too. Because if we're trying to help everybody else learn her or be themselves all the time, then we're not giving them the space and time to be that for themselves. Again, it's, there's a lot to that one, Julie. <laughs> yeah, we can do a separate podcast on that one. Yeah. What if we have listeners out there that aren't in a fog or going through an abusive relationship or what if they just are having an amicable divorce, they have agreed this is not working out the way we want it to, and it's time to end, but they're really mourning the loss of their marriage and they are wanting to move through the process and become a better version of themselves. What kind of work do you do with them? That is such a beautiful question because that that does happen. And I think more and more we're, we're seeing that situation come up. One of the books I always recommend is Conscious Uncoupling for the situations like this, but I also help to work through people because the grief piece of it is there. Yes, and, absolutely. And while we are separating, even under the most amicable of situations, there are feelings and emotions that are going to bubble up on both sides. And there's, again, this is a big one. There's so much to it, but it's it can be done. It mm -hmm. is being done. And I and I believe in this process wholeheartedly because if people are willing to go through the process mm -hmm. with this consciousness about them, 
and understand, especially if they have children and they're being able to put the children at the center and, and maybe there is love between them. It's just not a good fit. Um, I know somebody right now going through exactly that same thing. And each party has to learn how to let go of certain behaviors and things that we get used to because it's sometimes it's almost a harder situation because it's harder to draw that definitive line yes. without overstepping that a little bit, even if there's two households involved. So, but there is a way to do that. And I actually, I love that process because it helps both parties really discover a lot about themselves and what their needs are. I just wanted to put a quick word in about, you know, we talked about self-care. And as you know, Julie, it comes in many shapes, forms, and sizes. And I just have a few just right off the top. One of the big ones is is learning how to say no with Mm -hmm. love and -hmm. grace and know that you're doing this for yourself as well as you're doing that for the others around you. And I'm not talking about, no, you can't have ice cream at the store today. (laughs) (laughs) I'm talking about, especially as women, we take on everything. We think we have to bring the cupcakes to the classroom and we have to drive all the kids to soccer and we have to do our job and we have to do the laundry and we have to do this and that and that and make a perfect dinner. And you don't, you simply just don't have to do that. I'm still learning how to do this. Mm. And I've been in this work for a while. (laughs) But I, you know, it is sometimes you have to really look at what is absolutely necessary and what is absolutely not. Absolutely. So that's one thing. And of course, just taking time for yourself. I'm a huge fan of meditation. Even if you can only slide in five minutes of it a day, just that time to be quiet and reflect and ask questions. And if there's something, a feeling that's coming up, addressing the feeling, like, what are you here for? Why do I need to pay attention to you? If you're getting sick, what is the illness trying to tell you? All that. And my favorite, of course, is chocolate and champagne and then a spa day. But I mean, you know, everybody can't do all that all the time. (laughs) You know what, Julie, really quickly, because I think this is very important too, because a lot of people out there need the services you have to offer. And I know we didn't talk about that a lot today, but your financial security, no matter if you're going through a divorce or not, is absolutely important. Tell us how people can find you. Well, we have a great website with a good video. And our website is Prince Financial Services, all one word, dot N as in Nancy, M as in Mary, dot com. That's Prince like Prince William. PrinceFinancialServices.nm.com, or you can email me, julie.prince at n as in Nancy, m as in Mary.com. And we're also on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook as Prince Financial Services. And, and you know, if you ever need somebody, she's awesome to. Oh, thank you. Thank you. you. And you, Michelle. I always offer a, a free consult mm-hmm. for anyone who's just curious about, you know, what what support or help they might need or what's available to them. Um, whether you're looking for a major shift in life, you want some help with relationships, or you're going through a divorce, I'm there for you. You can also find me at www.michelleheffron.com. It's Michelle with one L that will be in the show notes. I'm on Instagram, social media like LinkedIn and Facebook as well. And I'm also part of the Divorce Girl Smiling Network of Trusted Professionals and um, just would love to chat with you. 
Thanks everyone for joining us today, for getting to the heart. Julie, it's been such a pleasure again to have you on. And until next time, everyone, have a great day.